We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast. If you're joining from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, welcome. Thanks for joining me this evening. We'll talk some Lakers basketball. We'll talk about uh, maybe an evolving offer for Kyrie Irving. We'll chat a little bit about Darham's meeting with LeBron James, Rob Palenka's as well. What was said there, what that means for the Lakers moving forward, including Anthony Davis's role and that of Russell Westbrook. Lots of things to break down. Plus, of course, we'll be taking your questions and comments for those of you who are joining us live. Listen to the Apple Podcast version of this. Make sure you do subscribe over there. Or if you're on Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe to this show. We certainly do appreciate it. Joining me tonight... Sean Spaces Davis. Sean, how are you doing? And I just finished listening to the inaugural edition of the Raptors Nation podcast, which you hosted with Luca Rosano. You guys did a fantastic job that is going to drop shortly. Oh, thanks, bro. It means a lot coming from you. And uh, yeah, I had a ton of fun talking about the Raptors, but uh, having a little bit more fun talking about this with you. And uh, yeah, we'll have a bunch of fun. That's right. We've got plenty to break down tonight. Plenty of things to to talk about. Um, let's see. We've got a super chat right off the bat here to get into. Javante said, if Russ can be $47 million Bruce Brown with the stars, so if he can take on, essentially, we've described the role the dark hands being in the darker position, shooting corner threes, kind of like a very, very expensive version of Bruce Brown. Um, how does Russ Reeves, Stanley Johnson, um, looks like it could be Thomas Bryant, Juan Scott Anderson, oh, or Bryant, um, or Troy Brown Jr., look in a let Russ be Russ lineup? So what do you think about that five-man grouping there? I think it depends on is Stanley really an approved shooter? Is Austin Reeves an approved shooter? I think defensively that's an optimal lineup to kind of hide Russell Westbrook's deficiencies of that end of the floor. Um, but again, if Austin and Stanley are improved shooters, then sure, I like this lineup a lot. You got some versatility offensively, even as well. We know Thomas can shoot it a little bit, and this is kind of optimal. Like, even if th- those guys are average three point shooters, um, you-, you got optimal spacing for Russell Westbrook to operate from. So, yeah, I mean, I don't mind it if this is your let Russ be Russ lineup. Um, I was I was actually trying to think who I could substitute. I think we might have lost lineup. Sean for a bit there, but yeah, I do think it does provide a little bit of spacing with Reeves, with Stanley Johnson. Uh, if you have Troy Brown Jr., depending on what his three point shooting looks like, you do have some spacing there to let Russell Westbrook be Russ. And this wouldn't be a bad lineup to just say, you know what, Russ, get it out of your system, go do your thing. Go do the your rest thing. of the yep. time. The rest of the time, you need to do all the things that we're asking. Now, Darvin Ham in the report from Chris Haynes. Darvin Ham reiterated to LeBron that, hey, anybody who's not following the plan, who's not doing what I asked, I'm I'm going to be quick to bench them, right? They're going to be sitting on the bench. And we all instantly think, and now that applies to everybody, but we all instantly think of Russell Westbrook. Do you think that's enough? Is that enough to get Russell Westbrook to do all the things Darvin Ham needs him to do, or at least make the best effort that he can 
to do those things, that kind of, that threat of, hey, you either do it my way or you're sitting on the bench knowing that you're heading into free agency next season. That's probably not a great look. What do you think that means for Russell Westbrook? I think that, I mean, we, we, want, we want to be hopeful and be like, hey, you know, this, uh, the new head coaching change and all that, that really does change things from Russ's eyes. But, I mean, honestly, um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. Even like, yeah, it seems like they have a great rapport right now. But Russ, trying to frame this the right way, it's almost like Russ is kind of stubborn in a way. Where he's like, no, 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 no. It's our like, yeah. it's it, it's like it's almost like a little kid. How like it's never their fault, and it's like something else. So just find something else. So, like, for what this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. No, 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 no. It's that. It's that. Trust me. Um. So I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think it'd be it'd be great to hear like, oh crap, Russ is really locked in. Uh, and he knows that after this season, if he doesn't play well and he's like not willing to change his role and his mindset primarily, um, then he might be looking at Allen Iverson and Allen Iverson path where he might be out of the league for a little bit and until he's ready to change his role. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it'd be nice to see, but I very much so wait and see. Yeah, I'm skeptical until we see it. Until we, if we see it, that's great. And by the way, look, people have said, oh my gosh, you guys are going to be, are going to be uh, singing a different song. You're going to be eating crow when Russell Westbrook is great next season and all that. I hope so. I hope, I hope yeah. that would be, that is the best scenario for me, for Lakers fans is if next season, if Russell Westbrook is on the roster, if all of this is completely proven wrong and Russell Westbrook is fantastic, I would love that I was so hoping to get to tell the story of Russell Westbrook coming back to LA and having success and leading the Lakers to victory and all of these things that we were hoping to see. So look, uh, Russ Stance, I'm we're with you. I want to see those things happen. I hope they do. I'm just skeptical that it's going to until we see it actually take place on the floor. And of course that's going to require Russell Westbrook to be on the roster, which does lead us into this next question here. Amon Breyer said, with reports coming out that the Lakers are offering two first-round picks for Kyrie. We'll talk about that in a second here. But if the Nets still want to hold due to KD, should the Lakers pivot or still wait for KD to get traded for the Kyrie trade? So let's say it's middle of September. We're a week or so away from training camp. Training camp will be the end of September. Russell Westbrook is still a Laker. And the Nets are still trying to figure out life and they haven't moved KD yet and they're not willing to move Kyrie yet. The Lakers are saying, we'll give you both first round picks and the Nets still won't budge. Do you, if you're Rob Palenka, do you then do a deal with the Pacers or do a deal with the Jazz or whoever and you give up maybe a little bit more than you wanted to? Or are you better off going into the season and seeing if the Kevin Durant situation gets resolved then? Uh... And the only reason I'm actually really thinking about this is because I could totally see like a Harden situation with the net, uh, how Harden left Houston, where he was doing everything in his power to force his way out. So if you just wait a little bit longer, maybe it's after a week or so of games and uh, Katie in Brooklyn, they finally say, you know what, screw it out here. We'll trade you whatever this package is. Um, Outside of that, preferably, I would say you just move on. Um, or you, I'd say you just move on. I don't think if you wait that long, if you're waiting still like the week before training camp, that's not ideal because you also have to factor in when is LeBron's players only mini camp happening. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, personally, I wouldn't let it drag out that long. Beginning of September, second week of September, sure, it's probably the farthest I'll let it drag out, honestly. Um, so they either make a decision, whether it's Utah, Indiana, or keeping Russ. Because if if New York, if that deal happens, if New York, we get Julius Randle and we give up picks, I might be joining Ron in the uh, <laughs> Rob Polinka slander. That's, yeah, that's certainly fair. If you're giving up first round picks in order to get Julius Randle, that's definitely a problem. But I just, I, it's a realistic scenario where the Nets might still not be ready to move Kyrie Irving. And look, if you're the Lakers and you say, we'll yeah. give you both future first, and the Nets are still saying, well, we're not quite ready. You, you've done all you can. You've done everything you can do. 
And so then you've got to make a decision. And it may turn out that the best option may be just to be patient. Like if, if the Pacers won't come off of the two firsts, ask. Mm-hmm. And I don't necessarily think you should give up both firsts if you're doing the Pacers deal. I don't think you should give them up if you're doing the Jazz deal. You may be better off just waiting and seeing if you can get a little bit more leverage during the season. As uncomfortable as that would be, it wouldn't be easy going into training camp with Russ still on the roster. Then we're talking about a season full of discussions of, of trade talks. But but the report coming out of that meeting between LeBron, between Darvin Ham, Rob Palenka, was that they are all parties are aligned. They are willing to get this thing onto the floor and see what's what before they make any drastic moves. I would imagine that the exception would be a Kyrie Irving trade. If that is there, they'll do it. But in terms of an Indiana deal, if a uh, Jazz deal, if those are requiring multiple first-round picks, they would probably, my guess is, their preference would be to step onto the court first, see what's what, and then go from there before committing to give up those kind of assets. Sure, and I think it definitely helps that uh, you get a bold, full of confidence from your head coach in Darvin Ham, your newly hired head coach in Darvin Ham, that believes that he can really get this to work with Russell Westbrook, or at least that's what he said in the media. So that's what he's supposed to say. So, I mean, take that with a grain of salt, I guess. But if your head coach is really, really adamant that he can get it to work, um, then sure, I definitely understand the uh, thought process of just going into the season, maybe pointing out the first few weeks or so uh seeing if anything changes from the Kevin Durant side of things and if it's really really if it's working then screw it you don't have to trade Russ um so I, I definitely understand that side of the spectrum as well all right Rob Ferrelli said if Brooklyn makes uh the Celtics Jalen Brown trade are we entirely sure they'll want to trade Kyrie Jalen Brown Simmons Kyrie could compete risk would be Kyrie leaving for free agency yeah, I mean, that's that's something to factor in. Like, the Nets might just decide, you know what? If we've got Jalen Brown, we can probably still run this thing forward with Kyrie. The question is, will Kyrie leave in free agency? Right? That's And that's what Rob mentions here. If Kyrie say, if they feel like Kyrie is out next summer, their best bet is probably to get what they can for him right now. But if they don't get what they want, they can still make an argument. Hey, we can be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference right now. We don't have our picks anyway. Why not with Kyrie and Jalen Brown and Ben Simmons? And then off we go. Yes, and I would agree with this line of thinking typically. But one, again, like you mentioned, the risk would be Kyrie Irving leaving. And also, it just feels like Brooklyn Josai is just rid- wanting to rid of this negative energy around his team. Um, so if you trade Kevin Durant, I'd be really, really surprised to see him keep Kyrie Irving around. It seems that, you know, he just wants this whole nightmare to end from their vantage point. Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, I, I, I don't see him keeping Kyrie. That's, I mean, me being a biased Lakers fan. I just think Josiah wants to move on. I think it's a good idea to just move on and start fresh, start a new identity i guess as a team um i think that's what he's kind of doing already by saying nope i'm siding with my guys sean marks and steve nash uh no matter what you want to say about steve nash um so yeah man i I just think they want to start fresh if they traded kevin durant there's no point of keeping Kyrie irving around especially knowing he's going to leave you i I think they do need it and you can argue the same thing for the lakers i think they need a pellet cleanse and the lakers probably do too in regards to russell westbrook uh maddie and dallas what's your optimal lineup you'd like to see at the start of the season if all goes well I mean, are we assuming there's a Kyrie trade or uh, well, let's let's say that there is no trade. Let's just say working with the pieces you've got right now. What's your starting five? Um, Starting five. Nothing. really. I mean, I hate I'm not trying to copy off of Yobam, but I think this is the, literally the best option you got. It's Russ, Austin Reeves, LeBron, AD, and then one of the bigs, whether it's Thomas Bryan or Damian Jones, whoever wins that training camp battle. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. That's probably what we're going to see from the Lakers, at least from the get-go. Now, obviously, if there's a trade, I think whatever pieces they get in a trade, those are going to be in the starting lineup. Even, you know, if it's Patrick Beverly and Bojan Bogdanovich, if it's Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, obviously, if it's Kyrie Irving, these are all guys that would change your starting rotation for the Lakers. Uh, Current Loud, what if Danny Ainge is stacking up picks to draft Bronny and sign LeBron? (laughs) I will never forgive Danny Ainge. You don't, but... I don't feel like 
Brawny is going to be so such a high, highly valued commodity in the draft that you have to stack up so many picks in order to to get him. Now I think right. that he'll go go higher than expected because teams will say, "Oh man, we get we get Bron- if we draft Brawny, we get LeBron." So I think that teams will draft him, but I I don't think like you have to have the number one pick in the draft to get him. Right. He's not there as a as a talent from what we've seen. Not yet, anyway. I mean, I still I like him a little bit. I think he would get drafted. Um, could be a solid role player in the NBA. Uh, big dog, did you guys see the tweet Russ liked on Twitter? Are we talking about the one that's from a few days ago? Yeah, which tweet are we talking about? It would be like three days ago now. Let me double check here. Yeah, yeah, that was from about August sixth. So it was four days. Yeah, it was. So this person who was a Russell Westbrook stand put out a tweet that said Russell Westbrook's last 10 games, 22 points per game, 7.4 rebounds, 7.1 assists, 3.4 turnovers, 52% from the field, 42% from three. He was getting into a rhythm with all the injuries and lineup changes while not being used right. And they want to trade him. That is the tweet that Russell Westbrook liked. He's getting into a rhythm in the final 10 games of an 82 game season. That takes, that's a long time to get into. And look, it's correct that there were injuries and there were constant, there was constant disruption in the lineup. We saw 41 different starting lineups in an 82 game season, which is absolutely absurd. But still, like we're picking 10 games where Russ's stats were solid, right? Pretty, you, you would take that. And does that dismiss? what we saw the rest of the season and what was the, I saw somebody was talking about this, said their record. I have not verified this, but said the record during that stretch was two and eight, which sounds about right. They, they didn't win much. They had like an eight game losing streak towards the end of the season. So are we again, just talking about stats and not wins, individual stats and not wins. I think that anytime you were talking about Russell Westbrook, if you're just pointing to his individual stats, you're missing the, the whole picture in terms of what matters. That said, though, if Russ would shoot 52% from the field and 42% from three over the course of a season, I have a feeling people would have a lot fewer complaints about him. Seven, eight, nine. Hey, yeah, they went two and 10 in that stretch. Also, that means two and eight, my bad, two and eight. Also, should be noted, in the, at the very beginning of this stretch was when the offense looked at its best this year, when they started to actually give a crap about what Frank Bogle was saying, like, hey, move the ball around, let's get it in the lane and then pitch out. That was sure. his paint best stretch. And that, yeah, paid to grade. That's how it, the stretch started. But um, two things, man, really quickly to go off of what you just said. Russ stands, they hurt themselves by bringing this stuff up. Like, <laughs> you're making yourself look worse by bringing this up. Like, Russ liked this. And Russ went in and Russ liked, liked the tweet. Like, I think Russ thinks this way too. I think in his mind, it's triple doubles equal success. And that's, I'm in football mode right now, so I'm going to give you a football comparison. That's like passing yards. Throwing for 5,000 passing yards is cool, but that does not equate to wins at all. Like, for example, uh, Matt Ryan, I think, threw for 5,000. No, it wasn't Matt. He's done it recently, but they went 6-10. and And Matt wasn't wasn't like he was a top-10 quarterback that year, any uh, either. So, like, it's well, cool when you get to average. Well, for fantasy, yeah, he was. <laughs> but, um, but like, it's cool to throw 5,000 passing yards. It's cool to get all the triple-doubles. But I promise you, more often than not, they don't really equate to wins as other stuff as well. Then my last point is, where's the notion that, that we wanted Russ to fail? No, like, like Russ stands like, ha, 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 if Russ plays well next year, ha, 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 Trevor, we fooled you. No, we'll be celebrated with you. Oh yeah! Hey, look the the vi- the victory laps. I'll be running right along with you. I'll that be would be fantastic. That would be excellent. I would love to see that. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Avi B. KD. Oh, this is interesting. KD going to Boston isn't as bad as him going to the Pelicans or the Suns for us. I agree about Phoenix. I kind of disagree about the Pelicans. Actually, I think so. Here's the interesting thing: the Lakers this next season. We're not going to be just watching the Lakers win totals. We're going to be watching the Pelicans too, okay. because remember that there's a swap next season. So there's an added benefit 
for the Lakers to be better than the Pelicans next season in that that pick swap that the Pelicans currently have becomes worthless if the Lakers are better than the Pelicans. If the Pelicans are, say, a solid playoff team and the Lakers finish like 10th or something, then the Pelicans are going to get a better draft pick out of it because they'll execute that swap. Not that that's the end-all, be-all, but that's something to keep an eye on too. But, God, that still feels gross. I'm going to say no. I'm going to Look, Boston getting better is never a good thing for the Lakers, period, big picture. I don't think I can ever be on board with that. Just It just feels too gross. It, it definitely feels gross. Um, again, though, I think... I can understand where you're saying Phoenix. I disagree about the Pelicans, though, man. Like, the Pelicans, you're giving up Brandon Ingram, assuming, in this trade. Sure. Giving up Ingram. You're giving up Herb Jones and picks and other uh, players, young players and things of that nature. The Pelicans aren't ready to win right now anyway. Um, Zion's health is a massive question mark. Kevin Durant's health at this point. They get Zion back? But his health is a massive question mark. So is KD's, honestly, at this point. Phoenix, they're a little bit more slated to win right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, go ahead. You give up. Well, crap. What does Phoenix have to offer at this point? Um, the same? I mean, you're talking Bridges, Cam Johnson. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's they, they don't have their trade package trade isn't, isn't nearly as as attractive as when they had Aiden. Right. And Aiden has a no trade clause. So if he said, nope, I don't want to like and he can't be traded till say it's January anyway. Yeah. So there's no trade. Anyway. Clause. Yeah. Uh, he gets a, 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 a de facto one because the contract was matched. OK. So with all that happening. I. I don't know. What is worse for the Lakers? He lands in Boston. In general, Kevin Durant staying east is the ideal scenario. If he's not coming to the Lakers, yes. you want him staying east. Period. period. Like him, Just stay east. Don't come west. The west is crowded enough as it is. Uh, Phoenix in particular, the Pacific Division. Oh, my gosh. Bro, Clippers, the, the Clippers. Suns, the Warriors, the Kings got better. The Lakers. I mean, the Pacific Division is going to be brutal. Brutal, AFC brutal, west, brutal. Baby. Yeah, it, it's not, it's not going to be easy, but so you don't want to see that. You don't want to see him go to the Pelicans because you've got all these reasons there too. But I can't just say, oh, but I'm fine with him going to Boston. That doesn't feel good either. There's no, no good answer doesn't. here, Sean. There's there no good answer. Also, I missed the A thing because it's only for the trade clause. No trade clause, only for a year, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I missed that. My bad. Uh, Avi B, man, that you you've got my. You've got you my brain all, all spinning. Yeah, that's uh, that's not that's not Roll a Darvin Ham interview clip. Roll it. So Some, somebody get me fired back up again because that feels gross. But I'll tell you what, if KD does get traded and that that leads to Kyrie coming to the Lakers, I think we'll Who feel cares? a little bit better. Alex Amerling, if we don't do the Kyrie trade, what is the most likely alternative? Indy, New York, or Utah? I think it's Indy. It's definitely Indy. It's Indy. If the whole stuff didn't come out the other day, I actually think somebody asked me this. I said, they said, well, what do you think is the most likely to happen? I said, Indiana, honestly. Yeah. But the whole stuff came out, and now I think Kyrie's still a realistic option. But, um, yeah, definitely Indiana. If New York is, I, I really would, I wouldn't even answer their phone. I would let it go to voicemail. So the um, 
the Pacers trade is the one deal that isn't contingent upon anything else happening. The Pacers deal is the one deal that they could do tomorrow if they wanted to, right? Yeah. Because it's not contingent upon Donovan Mitchell getting traded. It's not contingent upon Kevin Durant getting traded. It just, it could be done whenever. So I think that makes it just that factor makes it more likely. But then also I think those are probably the two pieces that I want. If I got to pick between the New York package, the Utah package, I'm probably taking the Indiana package of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Um, above those ones so that to me makes a lot of sense if there's no Kyrie deal to go ahead and try to do something there but again if they're demanding two firsts I don't I don't think you do that um James Caldwell said how good do you think a Ky Kyrie LeBron and AD pairing could be I think the ceiling is a championship the floor is a play-in team it depends on how many games they're available for but look on paper Skill set wise, it all fits together pretty darn well. It's not perfect, right? Because we talked Kyrie needs the ball, LeBron needs the ball. There's that, there's that element to it a little bit. So it's not like it's not a, just a perfect fit, but it's a really, really good fit on the floor. I'm just sitting here thinking about all the film breakdowns I could do on that. <laughs> I've I've thrown this up a lot actually recently, like a Kyrie AD pick and roll with LeBron in the corner slashing to the basket or LeBron AD pick and roll with Kyrie in the corner because he had, he provides the off ball shooting and scoring threat. You can't tag then. And now it's pretty much as close to a one-on-one -on -one pick and roll matchup as possible. Cause you can't help off of Kyrie. Obviously if you do, he's going to drill a three in your face. Um, man, this will be a lot of fun. So bro, I'll pull the trigger. Yeah. If you can get it done, let's get it done. And again, that, that report I don't know. There's the report that's circula circulating that um, the Lakers have offered up both their firsts. It got aggregated like crazy. I have a hard time figuring out whether or not it was from Jovan Buha. Uh, he was on the late, late night Lakers and he mentioned apparently the Lakers were giving up both firsts. I'm going to talk to Jovan tomorrow um, and I'll try to find out what's what there. But um, eyes emoji. Yeah. I mean, this is. I don't know. I don't want to just jump in and say, yes, this is what it is, because sometimes things get misaggregated. And I want to find out, was that him expressing his opinion or was that him reporting that this is what has happened? The Lakers have contacted the Nets and said, we will give you both first. There's a big difference between those two things. And I want to get a better sense for exactly where the truth lies there. Uh, Alan says, sources say Lakers Nation is the number one podcast dropping to show love. Well, thank you, Alan. Uh, can we say that KD and Kyrie are the most unpredictable players in the NBA right now? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty fair. Most like who would be more unpredictable than KD or Kyrie? None. I'm trying to think, especially for like a... yeah. At this point, maybe Ben Simmons, <laughs> honestly. I mean, um, as far as just saying stuff, like you never know for sure what Draymond's going to say. You never, you know, there's some guys okay. who will say some things, but in terms of what they're going to do, their actions, probably Katie and Kyrie. Probably Katie and Kyrie. Also, Alan, my man, uh, your your sources. I would say I have to fact check this, but I think they're I think they're pretty spot on, man. Good source. <laughs> Well, so you are you're confirming. So you're you're doing the can confirm tweet here. I can confirm. First reported by Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Sonic Fighter 25. Shouldn't a trade happen before the San Diego camp? Ideally, yes. Yep. That would be ideal. Um, that's what the what Chris Haynes report said was that LeBron was organizing a, a players only camp again. Uh, this year, instead of doing Vegas, leaning towards San Diego. I can understand why. And that if you could have the whole team there and not have to worry about trade speculation or anything because the trade's already done. Yeah. That's certainly ideal. My only one of the things to like, cause I'm trying to remember the article off the top of my head. That felt like that was just like slotted in the article randomly. Like, like LeBron told him to put that or like clutch told him to insert that in the article to add some like, Hey Rob, hurry up. It I don't was, know, man. It, that was really two articles. If you notice the way Chris Haynes did it, he yeah he wrote about the Lakers legacy show that's going to be on Hulu, and that's the Lakers had a press event for that and everything. So like he kind of he had to put that out 
But if you're Chris Haynes, like you know, people aren't going to pay all that much attention to just the 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 piece about the the show. Which, by the way, I, I can't wait to watch it. I'm excited to watch it, but people aren't going to pay as much attention to that. So you slot something in the middle. You put the meat in in between the the burger buns there of what really happened at this at this meeting between LeBron and and Rob Palenka and Rich Paul and, and Darvin Ham, right? What what really happened in this meeting? And then you just sandwich that with stuff of you know what was going on with the with the TV show. So I understand why he did it that way, but it was it did feel like it was just kind of like added in there, but that was really what people were looking to see. Yeah, totally. V8 track said if you were to trade AD. Who would you expect to get in return? Oh man, that when you started talking about eighty trades, that that just gets really tough. Um, right now, the best you can get is a starter. You probably get a starter, a couple starters for AD. Um, so that that's why I'm such against so against. And Matt said in the past as well, man, you're selling him or you're trading him. You're trading him at his lowest value point. Sure. This is as low as it, maybe not as low. If he has another bad year, oh. then it'd be even lower. But you're trading like him. Trade, it's like trading DeAndre Hopkins in, in fantasy right now. I was able to do it. <laughs> I, got, I was able to get it done. <laughs> I don't know how, but I got it done. Leave me alone. <laughs> um, I agree. I think you are trading low here on Anthony Davis if you do that. But as far as who you're expected to get in return, the context matters here. Exactly. Is LeBron still a Laker? Or is he not, right? If we're talking about trading AD right now, you're trying to go get win now pieces. You're probably divvying him up into two pretty good players is what you're trying to get. Mm-hmm. That's probably what you're looking at. I don't think it makes sense. If LeBron's on the roster, your ceiling is at its highest with Anthony Davis also on the roster. So I don't think it makes sense to trade him right now. Um, even though people get frustrated with him and his availability and all that. And we're going to talk about his role more in just a minute, but I don't think you trade him if LeBron's on the roster. If LeBron is not on the roster, uh, I should say, I don't think you trade him right now. If you go through more problems, maybe they revisit that next summer. But um, if LeBron is not on the roster, let's say LeBron walks away next summer, he's a free agent and he goes and he signs, signs with the Washington Wizards, I don't know, whoever. And you still have Anthony Davis and you're of the opinion that Anthony Davis cannot be your 1A guy. You can't look at Anthony Davis and say, this is the guy we're going to build around. Then if you trade him, you're looking for pieces to rebuild because you're not looking to contend there. And what you're going to look for in return is going to be very, very different than if you're trading him right now. I think in general, you'd be trying to get the best value that you can. Obviously, you're trying to get a team that would be able to, to give up a lot in terms of picks and some young players and things like that. But his value certainly isn't what it was when the Lakers first traded for him either. So, again, I, I don't think trading AD at this juncture is the correct decision to make. No, it's definitely not now. Um, honestly, I still think, yeah, you just don't trade Anthony Davis right now, period. And this is part of why, too. Mamba Mentality said, I have concerns, Trev, with Ham's new AD role. Ham's been comparing AD to Giannis, but we know AD's not Giannis. Height and weight might be the same, but AD beats you with skill, footwork, and finesse, and Giannis likes to beat you up with power. I get so just to in terms of part of why you don't trade Anthony Davis right now, so far the Lakers have said positive things about what he's done this offseason. It's the offseason, it's the honeymoon period. Everybody has put everybody is optimistic in the offseason offseason. Now, that doesn't mean it's not true. Maybe Anthony Davis is having a really great offseason, but This is the time of year when everybody's put on 12 to 15 pounds of muscle. Everybody's in the best shape of their life. Everybody's excited about the season. Everyone has the same record. It's very easy to be positive and optimistic right now. Just throwing that out there. But the Lakers still have said positive things about his offseason. Darvin Ham has talked about how he's going to use Anthony Davis, how he's going to be now the focal point of the offense. And that's something he's going to stick with. And Sean, I specifically want to get into this because I've got people who took exception to us saying, that LeBron would be in more of a the Chris Middleton role and that Anthony Davis would be in the Giannis role. People took that to mean that LeBron would be taking a back seat to AD and LeBron would be just kind of a passive player, more of a spot-up shooter type in that Chris Middleton-esque role. And then Le- 
AD would be getting the ball and he'd be the guy that would be expected to power the ball to the rim and everything. That's not exactly what I was trying to convey. And I'd like you to help clear that up in terms of the role that Anthony Davis plays and why we say Giannis role. And that doesn't necessarily mean Giannis usage. Exactly, Trevor. And I was looking through just a few of the comments on the that video, actually, you were referencing that we talked about. Um, Anthony Davis in the quote-unquote Giannis role. The biggest comment is Anthony Davis is not averaging 30, 12, and 5. Well, duh, because it is ridiculously hard to average 30, 12, and 5 in an NBA, an 82-game NBA season. That's not what we mean by Giannis role. We're not saying he's going to average Giannis numbers like Mama Mentality says here. No, 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 no. We're not saying he is Giannis because, yes, he is absolutely correct. Mama Mentality is the way that they try to beat you and get to their spots are very completely different. AD is graceful. That's the night. That's the best way to put it. He's very graceful. He's going to beat you with his footwork and his finesse. Giannis is going to just get the ball. Give me the ball, Drew Holiday. I'm going to run through this man and dunk on him, and I'm going to sprint back. That's yeah. I'm not saying he has, doesn't have any other skills. I'm not trying to say that, but that's yes, very completely different. That's not what we mean by Giannis role. What we mean by Giannis role and Chris Middleton role is how they will function moving within the offense. If I'm being completely honest with you, in terms of statistical production, it'll probably be closer to the championship season where AD and LeBron are both around 25 points a game. I think AD was at 26 that year, actually. Because AD was a leading scorer. Yeah. Yeah, he was a little bit higher. But that's what we mean by quote unquote Giannis role. That's that's what I think Darwin is, what he means by quote-unquote Giannis role. He's not Giannis or two completely different players. He's also a better defender. But in terms of how the, they move within the offense, how the offense functions with them in the offense, uh, with them being in, excuse me, that's what we mean. Because you can't be – LeBron's not Chris Middleton. Like he, he's not. and He's better than Chris Middleton. And AD's not Giannis. I, Giannis is, in my opinion, the best player in the world. So like that's not realistic. We're just talking about how they're going to function and move around the offense. Right. I think the areas on the floor where they find Giannis with the ball, the Bucks do. Exactly. Some of that will translate over to the areas on the floor where the Lakers find Anthony Davis. And again, that doesn't mean that Anthony Davis becomes the go-to guy every time. Like there, there's two minutes left in the fourth quarter and you need a bucket. Are they forcing the ball to AD like the the Bucks would Giannis not necessarily and the Bucks do I guess maybe that's a bad example because the Bucks <laughs> do go to Middleton down the stretch uh, fairly often yeah. but I'm sure LeBron's still going to have the ball plenty I'm more talking about how they generate looks for these guys what they do from there if if Giannis catches in the high post what he's going to do is going to be very different than what Anthony Davis is going to do and you know those differences are going to be baked in to exactly how the Lakers run things I think they're just going to be looking to free them up in similar areas of the floor. They're going to let LeBron be a creator like Middleton can be with the ball in his hands. They're going to let Anthony Davis catch the ball, get ahead of steam, attack the basket if need be, or make make the right read, kick out, do what he needs to do while not expecting him to just physically dominate every single player that stands in his path. Because that's what Giannis does. And frankly, he's the only one in the NBA that can do that. Exactly. And like just a perfect example here. And I'm glad you brought up Middleton. This is what we're this is what we're talking about to close out games, and this is why as soon as Milton went down, I know Trevor was hoping the Milwaukee's going to pull it out. <laughs> we as were. soon as Milton, we were, we all were, I guess. As soon as Milton went down, I said, "Nope, that's it. Boston's winning the series." Because when the game's on the line, you saw this really. It's a miracle, I think, that they won all those close games that series. When the game is on the line, those last four or five minutes of the fourth quarter in a tight game, Milwaukee's offense. Maybe this is a bad thing, but when you have Milton, Giannis is fine. Their offense was so predicated on Giannis and Chris Milton two-man game. That's it. We are actually kind of going to abandon our offense, abandon our offense a little bit, but this is a wrinkle in it, I suppose. We're you're setting Ram, Ram, uh, you're having Ram sets basically have a Giannis get a, a screen probably from Holiday or one of the other shooters. There's a down screen for Giannis, and you go to a pick and roll between Giannis and Middleton's ball handler. You will see that this season. I trust, I promise you whether it's with Kyrie as a ball handler, hopefully, or LeBron. So that's what we're talking about, stuff like that, how they set their players up and get them in great positions to go get a bucket. That's what we're talking about. Exactly, exactly. All right, 
Sonic Fighter 25. A lot of sports media is saying Joe should just, Joe Sai should meet KD halfway, fire Nash, and if that doesn't work, then call KD's bluff and keep him. I'm I don't, not firing Steve Nash. Yeah, I don't. You know, and you can argue that Steve Nash hasn't been a great coach, and that's fair, but I just, I don't know if I see, there's a bigger context here, and I don't know if I see the Nets just giving in to what KD wants. And I think KD knows that. I think this is about KD making noise and trying to light a fire under the nets to move him more than him really thinking that the nets will fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, also training camp is in like four or five weeks from now. So you're not firing your head coach four weeks before training camp and then going through the process of hiring a new head coach four weeks before training camp. Um, so I mean, the Lakers fired Mike Brown five games into the season, but obviously you're talking about a very, you know, that is a very rare circumstance. Um, Mike Wallace said, if KD is not traded by season start, do you think KD and Kyrie sit out? That's what's been going around. That Hey, like, don't just assume that KD is going to play if he's not traded. People just assume like, oh, KD loves the game too much. He's not going to sit out. Now, it's different to be saying that in August, in early August compared to there's a game tomorrow when KD's saying, yeah, I'm not going to play. There's a big difference between those two things. So that getting out there now doesn't necessarily mean a lot when KD's trying to push to get traded, but it's sounding like that's at least something he would consider. Again, I still think when push comes to shove, he's probably on the floor, but they're putting out there right now that that's not an assumption that, that uh, the Nets should be making. I mean... I know it's not my money, but he's made hundreds of million dollars. So he could say, Hey, I'm cool. Have fun rolling out there with Ben Simmons. And (laughs) Uh, Avi B when Draymond was out, Juan Toscano Anderson was a beast on defense. He can close for us. What do you think of a closing lineup of Reeves or none? LeBron Toscano Anderson, Anthony Davis and Bryant size threes defense. Uh, Ron Gutterman and I broke down what the closing lineup should look like. Uh, We did a whole podcast on that a few days ago. You guys can go check that out. And we didn't have Thomas Bryant in there because we weren't sure what he was going to look like. Uh, But we said if he looks like his old self, then he absolutely could very well be in there. But otherwise, that's basically the closing lineup that we came up with was Reeves, LeBron, JTA, AD. And then Ron had Lonnie Walker in there. I had Stanley Johnson. With, of course, the the uh, caution there that if Thomas Bryant really looks like his old self and is fully healthy, he probably gets the nod and winds up in that group. Finally, we're getting some love for Stanley Johnson on the show. It's been too long. I had to. Um, He's getting overlooked. No, he is. JT, I agree. I agree, Avi B. Um, I like him a lot. His passing ability is stupid underrated. Um, but they'll be on... A breakdown soon. It won't take as long as Lonnie Walker, I promise. I'm excited for JTA. Like, yeah. when I look at this Lakers roster, and I think, oh my God, if they don't make a trade, this is going to be, this could be kind of rough. Uh, particularly when we were trying to put, when Ron and I were trying to put together a closing lineup. Ooh. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It got difficult. It got difficult to put together five guys. But that being said, it's weird because I like all the moves they made individually. But just when you try to put the pieces together, it doesn't really work. And that's why we've been saying, I guess, for over a month now that 
of course the Lakers aren't done. This roster doesn't necessarily make sense as is. Individually, I'm excited to see all these players, though. Maybe it's... Torn, it's Sean. Maybe it's I miss Lakers basketball a lot, but... Uh, part of it. I, I'm, I'm really optimistic. I know this team doesn't make sense, and maybe it's the fact that uh, we... I think I'll know that they're not done. Maybe that's a factor as well. But I, I think I, I like the roster for the most part. It's not a championship contender, but I think it'll be, for one, a step up from last year. And I just want to see how they play with Darwin, man. But I'm excited, personally. I'm expecting when we get that those kind of inside the Lakers training camp looks, where we're getting the video footage from inside camp and stuff like that, we're going to see a bunch of holes in walls. Because players are going to run through them for Darvin Ham. That's oh, yeah. what we're going to see. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what Darvin Ham does as a coach. Uh, Jeremy said, with AD at this point, it's not if he gets hurt, it's when and for how long. Knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I still look at the injuries that AD had this last season, the two main injuries that knocked him out and say, you know what, those weren't, those weren't Anthony Davis being brittle injuries. Those were guy falls into my leg and you land on somebody's foot. Those are just things that happen sometimes. And so I'm hoping that there's some positive regression to being here and AD has an injury-free season or relatively injury-free season. Again, we haven't seen that in a while, so I'm not going to be holding my breath or anything. And I understand the pessimism, but my hope is that we do see a healthier Anthony Davis this coming season. And frankly, it has to happen. It has to. And for the Lakers to get to where they want to go, if AD's not there, it doesn't happen. No. Um, yeah, man. And those injuries, like if I'm playing pickup, knock on wood for my own health, those and what happened to Anthony Davis happened to me. I promise you it's going to be the exact same, if not worse. So those are injuries. If anybody's playing pickup, they are going to happen to you. A 250 pound man falls into your knee and you try to catch a bad lob throw and you land down on a seven foot dude's foot and your ankle touches the earth. Yeah. I'd, I'd be pretty hurt too. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd be, I'd be done for a long time. I'd I might be, have I'd to be retire. Sore. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. I, I'd be doing live shows for my bed. I would be milking that thing. Just saying, Hey, look, my ankle doesn't exist anymore. It is, it is destroyed after that. And yet Anthony Davis came back. They said you were a uh, load managing that one day you're out sick. You would be like load managing times 20. Oh yeah. I would, I would be more than load managing. Oh, I can't wait to see other responses when I go on vacation, people are going to be, uh, definitely putting the load management. And I guess that technically is load management if you're on vacation. I'm going to be getting that label, I'm sure, on the injury Trevor, report. Out D- load DNP right. load management. But um, no, the one day I was sick, like I was actually sick. I just couldn't. There's no way I could uh, sit here and uh, and host a show that day. Uh, this person said, what do you feel? What do you guys feel about the Lakers and their free throw shooting the past two seasons? Seems like we are bad every season and need a closer who can shoot. They, they've had poor shooting teams in general. It's not just the free throw shooting. Uh, the problem is they, they went and got shooters last offseason, but they were all shooters who couldn't defend. So you couldn't really put them on the floor to take advantage. Like, hey, Wayne Ellington can shoot free throws, but he's not going to stop anybody. So you're going to get scored on every time down the floor. That was the, that's been a problem. Yep. Dynamite analysis there, Sean. I mean, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I didn't no, want I, to take there wasn't a lot to a lot to say on that one. I like I like it though. I was like, he's just stopping it. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to take Matt's uh shore and uh move on. So I I I said yep. <laughs> Sean drops the yep. Uh Mr. Easley, who takes a hit stat-wise with LeBron AD and Kyrie? I think all three of them take a little bit of a hit, right? Yeah. Or did, did somebody, does one player take more of a hit than the, than the other two? I could see a scenario where it's like LeBron, like Kyrie averages 21 ish points a game and LeBron and AD are still hovering around 25. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, it's not like Kyrie's averaging 21. He's having a bad year. He's averaging 21 and five assists, but he's playing next to Anthony Davis, LeBron James. So. I think particularly for AD, his field goal percentage goes up. It has to. on the floor. 
Yeah. I, I think it probably goes up anyway, but I think it's going to go up. It would go up more with Kyrie on the floor. Like, so what I'm saying is he might take less shots with right. Kyrie on the floor, but his efficiency on the shots that he takes goes up so he can be more impactful even on a, a lower usage. And that's what the chat is saying. The chat's like, oh, they will increase because of the pick and roll stuff and open spaces. The percentages and the volume and how well they're shooting, not the volume, the percentages of their shot attempts will go up. But honestly, their shot attempts will probably go down a little bit. But Yeah, I, I think they would be. Well, and also you have to factor in, you could have times where, hey, LeBron, look, it's the second night of a back-to-back on the road. Take a break. Yeah, take a break. You know, you're going to have stuff like that that's going to factor in, too, where you might see, oh, Kyrie gets 20 shots tonight because LeBron's out or, you know, whatever, like in that type of situation. Fully healthy, how, what's a good amount of games for LeBron to play? 70. Okay. That's right around where I was thinking, like yeah. 70-ish games. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, Mr. Steal Your Girl Davis. <laughs> That's a great, a great uh, YouTube name. Said, call me crazy. I like the indie trade better. You know what? There's some people who th- who believe this. Uh, they like the indie trade better. Turner will be uh, big for AD. Gives us three centers to keep AD less banged up come playoff time. We won't win if AD or LeBron isn't healthy. Regardless, Kyrie won't change that. So there are people out there that say, you know what? Kyrie's great, but I'd rather see them do the Indiana deal, particularly because you're getting Miles Turner. Miles Turner, Anthony Davis together on the floor. That's a no-fly zone. That's shot blocking like crazy. And you've got a really competent big out there that can stretch the floor. Instead of kind of like Thomas Bryant can do those things, we think, but there's some question marks there. Miles Turner, we know, can do that stuff. Miles Turner can fit next to Anthony Davis and keep the center minutes off of AD which could be important for his longevity. So I think there is an argument to be made here. I fall on the Kyrie side of it, but I understand why people might look at this and say, you know what? The indie trade is not bad as an, as an option either. Sure. And I'm going a Matt's route there, but I mean, my biggest rebuttal to that is, okay, cool. You do that, but your margin of error is slimmer. And then like, I always like to go back to that championship year. And as fun as it was, you really, really think about it, man. Almost everything had to go right. You had to get a fully healthy season, for the most part, from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You had the best defense in basketball, a top 10 offense in basketball, mm-hmm. pretty much no real long-term injury, if we're being honest, that year, unless I'm missing something for some weird reason. They lost their starting point guard heading into the it playoffs. Going into the bubble. Yeah, that. Uh, but Alex Caruso, baby. So there, we'll take that. Yeah. Um, and, and KCP stepped up big. The KCP stepped up big. Um, you had a year, let's call it how it is. You had a year where Golden State was not a threat. And like the West, honestly, the West, there wasn't that many real contenders that year either. It was us, the Clippers, and Denver, honestly. And like, I don't know, man, everything had to go right that year. When oh. it was Sean, home run Joey Gallo. Yeah, there we go, Joey. <laughs> that's not that's not Lakers really, but I mean, I thought that's that's noteworthy, right? I know, right? See, Joey Gallo got a homer. There we go, Joey. I need uh, I needed Cody Bellinger to get a homer, so or a base hit actually, so I could get my play. But uh, yeah, yeah I'll take Joey. I'll take uh, Joey right. Gallo homer. But um, no, to wrap up that point, um, that team man it just felt like everything had to go right, and you saw how when injury started to. Uh, unfortunately uh, be a problem for the team the following year they just couldn't really come back at that so i mean sure you're not wrong necessarily but everything's have to go right i feel yeah yeah agreed i I think the ceiling is higher with a Kyrie trade exactly i think that's that's where i'm at with it but again i understand i look i would be i'd be excited if they do the indiana trade too there's reason to be excited for a trade period at this it was a three-run shot too let's go Joey. yeah it was it was it was uh all right patrick said hey guys in your opinion with our current roster how do you envision our play style compared to last year love love your content by the way you know this is something i've been thinking about there's that's easy so like last season there's obviously going to be some huge differences between frank vogel's offense and uh, darvin ham's offense but 
last season, last season, it was all about playing fast, right? All about playing fast. And the Lakers did that. They were, I want to say they finished like fourth or fifth in pace. And then, but they weren't that efficient doing it. So they were mm-hmm. playing fast, but not getting much of a benefit from it. I think they're going to play fast this year. We've heard many players talk about that. Troy Brown Jr. talked about speed and pace and all that kind of stuff a bunch of times in his uh, inaugural interview. So I think they're going to play fast, but I think we're going to see them play more efficiently with that pace. But what else are you expecting to see, Sean? I think there's a difference between playing fast and playing with one of the last words you said, playing with pace. To me, when you describe like playing fast, you're playing more reckless and you're not playing with instruction, but you're not being efficient, like you were saying, Trevor. Um, so I think we'll play with a lot of pace. I think we're going to guard a lot better. I think Darvin's really going to emphasize, hey, let's get a stop so we can get out and run. And LeBron and AD, you guys get to have some more fun, you know? And then in the half court offensively, um, the Lakers technically, I get this all the time, the Lakers, hey, Sean, they ran a 4 out one in last year. Yeah, that's like how every team in football runs shotgun, where you have the quarterback, what is it, five yards back? That might be a little off. Um, everybody runs for out one in, or for the most part, some variation of it. It's just how you break off and branch off from that, basically. So I think Darvin Ham will put more emphasis on, hey, we're let's move the ball around a little bit more. Let's get into the lane and kick out. Um, and defensively, they're going to be nasty, and I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so daggone excited. <laughs> I, I hope they will be good uh, defensively because I think they're, they are still lacking that shooting on the offensive end. So I'm curious to see how the floor spacing looks. Uh, Mark said, you uh, get a haircut, Trevor. Yes, I, I did indeed. It was way past time. I was going to get a haircut last week, but then COVID. So <laughs> now I'm finally all clear and good to go get a haircut. So I finally got that taken care of. Uh, thank you for noticing. Robert Gonzalez. Hey, Trevor, I'm in a debate right now. Which sports team do you think is first in L.A., the Lakers or the Dodgers? Lakers, stop it. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be – maybe we're a little biased because we're on the Lakers side. Then maybe if we talk to Matt Moreno or Daniel Starkand or or Jeff Spiegel, they would for, – for Dodger Blue, they might say Dodgers. But I still feel it's Lakers. But Dodgers are up there too. No, Dodgers yeah. are definitely up there. It's definitely Lakers and then Dodgers. But, I mean, your only real argument for the Dodgers is like how daggone good they've been for the past decade plus and they've won a title um i'm but jealous no, man, like, of their i'm jealous of the fact that the dot like every trade rumor that comes up the dodgers can get in that deal and actually get it done i know they didn't get one soto but they cares? but so many times they've gotten the deal done and they've proven this resourcefulness and just a willingness to spend and we haven't seen the lake we haven't seen the lakers pull out that deal where you just went of course here it is the lakers again making another great move it's been yeah. a while since we've said that. Also, sneaky part why the Dodgers are always so good. Shout out to Dodger Blue. Not trying to turn this into that. But how they can just give up all the prospects and then somehow still have one of the best farms in the following year after trading everybody all the farm. Like uh, last year, we got Serger and Trey, and we traded a big part of our farm, and we got a great farm now. So, I mean, shout out to Andrew Freeman. Um, Paul Perinello, Trevor, when are you and Alan going to play one-on-one? Uh, I'm having lunch with Alan next week. So maybe, maybe I'll bring a basketball along with me or, or something like that. Do you need or me to film that? For Alan you? Sliwa. What on the, on the show? I'll just, I'll just bring a camera and I'll just, you know, Oh, first. you're going to come. Oh, okay. You're going to come and, and film it. Well, it's going to be in LA. So, but. Oh, oh, you are, you are making this like perfect for me and I can go to LA whenever. There, Okay. There we go then. All right. We'll have to set something up. Uh, but yes, Alan, I'm going to meet up with Alan next week and maybe we'll do something then. Maybe we'll just tell everybody where, where we're at or something and, and see see if somebody brings a basketball, see what happens. All right. Um, not really. We're actually going to have lunch. Uh, Marco Alonso. Mitchell to the Lakers equals chips. Yeah, you're not getting Donovan Mitchell, though. Yeah. He's not. Alan said, uh, there just has to be more going on in Brooklyn than we truly know. How is it that they are potentially going to lose three all-stars in one calendar year? Three I mean, like, superstars in one calendar this, year. This is where I feel for Nets fans and for that organization, this was not, I mean, they they did everything for Kevin Durant, everything for Kyrie Irving, all the stuff those guys could have wanted. And still this is happening. 
they've got to, I mean, they've got to be so frustrated. And that's why I, I think there has to be to some degree a desire from the net side to just say, give us our team back. Just let, let's clear the air. Give us our franchise back. We're, we're done. We're tired sure. of this. We're not, we're not bending over, over backwards for KD and Kyrie anymore. Let's, we want the team back. We liked the team when we were this scrappy young team. Whatever this is right now, we don't like. And I've seen that sentiment from Nets fans. The Nets as an organization still need to get everything they can from those players if they're going to trade them. I understand that. But you can't imagine that they're thrilled with the way this has gone compared to how excited they were when KD and Kyrie first arrived. Agreed. Alan, Spaceman, glad to see you're out of retirement. Ha, <laughs> good inside joke. Were you retiring or are you just retirement age? Uh, how about both? <laughs> Joking, of course. Anthony says, why isn't Austin Reeves mentioned in Kyrie trade talks? I love him, but he seems like a player the Nets would actually want. I mean, the Lakers, let's kind of let's keep that quiet. You know, we we don't want to see Austin Reeves sent out in a deal. And I think the Lakers don't want to put him in a deal either. I also say, look, from a salary perspective, he doesn't eat. It's it's like why the Lakers didn't trade Kyle Kuzma all those years, right? When people were saying, oh, you know, he's an interesting young talent. Yeah, but he doesn't make enough to really add much to a deal in terms of, of salary balance. So that makes it challenging to find a deal that's worthwhile. You do have a little bit of that with Austin Reeves, but I don't, I just, I don't think the Lakers want to trade him. I think they found something in him and they'd like to, to keep that. Yeah, totally. Um, if Austin Reeves basically had on a Kendrick Nunn's contract right now, then definitely Brooklyn's asking for Austin Reeves, but um, he just does make enough, like you were saying, to really contribute salary wise in any package. Avi B, Jay Huff is very interesting or intriguing. Threes, nimble, blocks, alley-oops. Yeah, look, I, I want to see him get get some run. Uh, he did get an Exhibit 10 contract, which probably means he heads back to the South Bay Lakers, but I mean, he was really good in Summer League. He looked, looked excellent, so hopefully we'll see more of that from him. I imagine we'll see him in preseason. He'll get some, some minutes there. That should be fun to watch. Uh, Kendon Hall. Could you see the Nets keeping Kyrie to make sure the Lakers can't get his bird rights due to a LeBron extension? No. Yeah, I don't think they're worried about that necessarily. Oh, not with that him. being, yeah, not with that being your reasoning to do it. I don't think right. that would be why. Any scenario where Darvin Ham is fired early next season, I would not. They gave no. him a four-year contract. I don't think they want to pay him for three years to go away. It would take something extraordinary happening for, for that. To like happen. a scandal. That's how right. bad it yes. was. Yeah. Right. It would take some sort of a scandal or something. Uh, AD, as the focal point, sounds nice, but lacks the Giannis fire. Well, I mean, we'll see what version of Anthony Davis. If we get the Anthony, Anthony Davis that is running around screaming, I'm that guy, then you're just fine putting him in that role. You know how good you got to be to scream around, I'm that guy? Like, you got to be really daggone good. And AD was playing at a really high level. Carmelo Anthony. Jackie Moon would make a good stretch for. I, I don't know. I, I think the Flint Tropics are going to hang on to him. Uh, Andrew P. said the Kings got Bazemore. He's laughing. Yeah, I mean, they did. Look, most – this is the telling thing. Most of the Lakers roster from last season is not on a team this season. Yeah. They didn't get signed. There's they're still in free agency. I mean, Grant and Mello, I think Mello's just trying to wait this out a little bit too. Yes. But like, yeah, most of the guys that we're that became free agents are not NBA level players anymore. Wayne Ellington, Trevor Ariza, Avery Bradley, um, Somehow DeAndre Jordan got a contract. Um, I swear, DeAndre Jordan must be the nicest player in the world. It must get along with everybody. <laughs> he, he must be, apparently. I mean, Denver signed him, like, immediately when free agency started. Yeah, seriously. 
All right. Why don't we wrap things up there? I appreciate everybody who came in and gave us all these questions and comments coming in from YouTube, from Twitter, from Facebook. We're going to keep an eye on how everything goes from here on out. Uh, if a Kevin Durant trade materializes, a Kyrie Irving trade may not be far behind. We'll see what happens there. Did the Lakers actually give up two first-round picks? We'll talk about that a little bit more or offer to give up two first-round picks. We'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. But thank you, everybody, for joining me. And uh, Sean, thanks for, so much for hopping on, for some, taking some time away from spaces and, and hopping on here. Yeah, man. Always. Thanks, everybody. Till next time. See ya. And stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.